The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello again, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show comes to you on Monday, one day after the Giants lost to the Buffalo Bills by a score of 28-14, to dropping their season record to 0-2. We will have some review of today's game with Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants of Big Blue View, Forbes, and a few other places a little bit later on in the show. We will also play uh, short clips from coach Pat Shermer and struggling defensive cornerback DeAndre Baker. But first we have to get to what Pat Shermer said on Monday when he spoke to reporters at the Quest Diagnostics Training Center. That of course being that he is not committing to Eli Manning as the starting quarterback in week three of the season when the Giants face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Listen, we've all known how this was going to play out for the Giants. We've all known that the Giants were going to go into the season giving Eli Manning and the Giants an opportunity to see if they could be a playoff team or a team that would compete for a playoff berth. After two losses, We know what the math says. The math says only 13% or thereabouts of NFL teams who have started 0-2 reach the playoffs, that being since 1990 when the playoff format was changed by the NFL. So the reality of it is we've known all along that if the Giants didn't win, if they weren't competitive, if the season got out of control, that no matter how well or how poorly Eli Manning was playing, that it was pointless for him to continue to play and that Daniel Jones, the future franchise quarterback, the guy around whom the Giants will have to build going forward, the guy who they've pinned their hopes on as they, uh, you know, as they look to what they hope will be a brighter future, and a young man who had a tremendous preseason. We've all known that he has to play at some point. Has that point already come? To be honest with you, I left MetLife Stadium after Sunday's game thinking that it probably hadn't, that 
the Giants might go a little bit farther with Eli. They might give him the next two games to see if he could turn things around, get the Giants maybe to two and two, you know, at the quarter pole. After that come games against the Minnesota Vikings and the New England Patriots. Difficult games. It would be kind of hard to uh, to ask Daniel Jones to make his first two NFL appearances against those two quality teams. I thought perhaps Week 7 against the Arizona Cardinals might be the first real week to target. But there was also part of me wondering if the Giants had already reached that point where it's like, okay, we're not good. We have to make this change. It's inevitable that we make this change. Let's just do it, get it over with, move into the future, acknowledge that we're pointing toward the future, and make this move for week three. That thought was kind of in the back of my mind. I did write at Big Blue View that I thought it would probably not happen until week seven. And at this point, it may not happen for a while yet. Pat Shermer didn't commit one way or another, but obviously it's something that he's thinking about. And to be honest, it's justifiable. The Giants inevitably have to move on from Eli Manning. It's honestly, in my view, not Eli Manning's fault that the Giants are 0-2. They simply haven't played well on defense in week two against Buffalo, it was obvious that, you know, without Sterling Shepard, without Golden Tate, with Darius Slayton not having played at all yet, that the Giants just don't have much at wide receiver. They've got no real game-breaking ability out there. I mean, Eli Manning hasn't played badly. It's not his fault that the Giants are 0-2. He simply hasn't been able to play well enough to prevent it. And at this point, you know, that that was probably what you would expect from Eli. So, that you know, obviously there will come a point when the Giants simply have to cut that cord, make the inevitable move to Daniel Jones. Perhaps Pat Shermer has reached that point already. And if he has, to be honest, I can't blame him. I mean, I've always been a supporter of Eli Manning. But we all have to understand that Eli is the past The present doesn't look pretty. The future is what's important. And if the Giants really and truly decide to start that future now, it would really be, uh, it would be hard to blame them at all. So we'll see what Pat Shermer ultimately decides. He said he would announce that decision by Wednesday. So I'm sure that uh, we'll all wait for that. We'll all be interested to see what comes down. And it could be a real franchise changing day on Wednesday. We'll just have to wait and see. All right, let's move to the next thing we wanted to do today. So that will be speaking with Patricia Trainer as Pat and I review what we saw on Sunday. And this, by the way, is an interview that we did before uh, Pat Shermer spoke to media today. So we weren't aware of any of the uh, of the Eli Manning, Daniel Jones quarterback decision dynamics as we recorded that interview. Giants fans, I'm joined now by Patricia Trena as we try to break down and make sense of this 0-2 start for the New York Giants. Patty, how you doing this morning? Ed, I'm telling you, this is a going to be a long, long season here. Yeah, folks. Oh, it's, as, yes, it is. As we record, it's Monday morning. You know, day after the 
Giants fell to 0-2 with another non-competitive loss on Sunday. This one to the Buffalo Bills. And Patty, I'm looking at this. One of the things that I wrote this morning was, I or last night, I, I used the phrase rinse and repeat. We've seen 0-2 starts now, three straight years. We saw a 1-8 start in 2017. We saw a 1-7 start last year. And, and this just feels like the same old, same old. It really does, Ed. And, you know, I, I'm not really sure where to start with this. There's a lot to unpack here. It's not just one area. It's just, you know, you question, I mean, if we want to break it down in terms of offense and defense, you can look at some of the play calling. You can look at the play of the players. I mean, I know we discussed this yesterday in the press box. The receivers weren't getting open. They weren't separating on a consistent basis. And how many times did we see a play break down on offense and the receivers were just standing around looking while Eli Manning was running, trying to figure out what the heck he was going to do with the ball? You know, we look at... Um, the mistakes, the mental mistakes, the penalties, um, the missed assignments that result in pressures, um, the use of Saquon Barkley, which, you know, quite frankly, every time that team falls behind by by uh, two or more scores, you know, that's going to change. I mean, there just seems to be no end in sight with the offense, and they're just not good enough to be, you know, to carry this team, which basically they're going to have to do given the deficiencies of the defense. Patty, let's talk quickly about the offense since we started there. I mean, I look at that offense, and to me, it's, it is what it is. I mean, you have Eli at this point. When I did my kudos and wet willies today, I didn't give Eli a wet willy. Didn't really give the wide receivers a wet willy either. Fact is, they are what they are. Eli is, you know, and on the backside of his of his long career, immobile, thirty-eight year old guy at this point, who's competent, but he just isn't going to elevate this team. The wide receivers he's working with, without Golden Tate, without Sterling Shepard, without the one real speed guy they have in Darius Slayton. They're just limited. They're not guys that are going to get open. They're not guys that are going to make splash plays. You know, Barkley is really the weapon on that team. And and I don't I don't know about you, but I, I still don't understand why the Giants don't use Saquon more as a weapon as a pass receiver. That's that's about the, the one thing they have in their bag of tricks that we haven't seen. That and also sending Evan Ingram down the seam, which, you know, is a pass that Eli has shown that he's very capable of executing. I just don't understand what it is the Giants are doing sometimes when, you know, on the play calling aspect of it. You know, it's almost as if they're throwing up their hands and they're they're giving up. I mean, I know that's not what they're doing, but, you know, I, I just don't understand the thinking behind that and I and I know if, you know if anybody were to put that to Pat Shermer I doubt he would give any kind of you know plausible explanation that would make sense but it is frustrating Ed, because you've got this guy you know we see him every year in the spring you know and the spring practices are closed to the public and it's funny the public might be starting to doubt us when we talk about how great that play works when they send Saquon Barkley on a wheel route but trust us folks they have done it and it has worked why they don't do it in a game I, I just I couldn't begin to tell you 
You know, the one play when we talk about Ingram, it was the third and two play, you know, late in the game. And and what did the Giants do? They send him on a, a horizontal pass route that sort of encapsulates the frustrating way that they use him. They send him on a horizontal pass route right along the line of scrimmage where he makes a catch and gets zero yards. And and I just don't understand all of this, you know, five yards and, and less, these these horizontal routes that just depend on guys to to try to do something once they catch the ball i don't get it either i i just i don't know if it's uh, you know i can't even begin to, to explain it and i will say this much you know i know pat Shermer wants to call the plays he believes he can call the plays i as you know and i've said this before i've written this before i am not a fan of a head coach calling his own plays, especially when that head coach hasn't really um, achieved a level of success, shall we say, as a head coach. My feeling has always been, you know, master the basics and then add on to it. So I have not been overly impressed with some of what Shermer has called, especially this year in the first two games. Um, but you know what? That's, why he gets paid the big bucks and I get paid the pitkins to do the analytics parts of it. But you know, the, the proof is in the pudding Ed. I mean, the, the results haven't been there and, and I just don't know if that's going to change anytime soon. No, they haven't Patty. And the other thing that's not going to change anytime soon, sadly, is the fact that this giants defense is very inexperienced trying to figure out what the heck it's doing not very good right now and that's just not going to change for a while and I don't know about you we could talk about Eli and offense and Daniel Jones and all that stuff and you know when is Jones going to play but as far as this 2019 team I still have more concerns about this defense than I do the offense yeah I'm with you on that Ed I mean I don't think this defense has an identity and I think that's a big part of the problem well, we saw a little bit of pass rush yesterday, you know, which was a good thing. But we still, in two games, we haven't seen anything close to a turnover. It it just, I just don't know if this defense has, you know, real playmakers on it. I don't know if it's that, Ed. I think it's more or less what the Giants have been doing on defense. They're, they, they've been deploying a lot of zone coverage I think, and I'm not so sure that zone coverage is the way to go, especially when you when you're so young and new on that back end. I mean, what I would like to see them do, and I know this kind of flies a, a little in the face of of you know what we've seen so far from them, but maybe get them blitzing a little bit more and have them play man to man, so that you know now maybe you have an opportunity of not only moving the quarterback off his spot but getting some of the turnovers that we have yet to see this season patty i I don't disagree with you there at all there are two defensive topics really that i think we have to touch on we have to talk about the sort of tirade that janoris jenkins had last night and and let me before before you comment on it let me give you my take i have zero problem with jack rabbit being passionate being angry expressing that he was angry 
I do have a little bit of a problem with him kind of singling out the pass rush and sort of excusing his own performance because, to be honest with you, I looked back at the game this morning, and if you're going to talk the way that Jackrabbit talked, my two cents is you better be able to look at the film and say that you did your job. And and Jackrabbit, plain and simple, did not play well yesterday. He was largely responsible for a lot of what happened on the on the Bills' final touchdown drive. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are on on Jackrabbit's little little outburst on Sunday evening. I think his outburst. While I I do agree with it, I, I and I think it's about time somebody did you know, speak up on that team instead of giving us the standard, oh, we'll fix it, it's correctable, you, you know, we know what we did wrong, you know, the, the the same spiel we've been hearing week after week after week. I do agree with you that, you know, if you're going to call somebody out, you better be perfect. So I didn't really like that, you know, he called out the, the pass rush, especially a unit that's still kind of new, um, you know, with, with Zimenez and Carter, who's only in his second year, uh, Marcus Golden had a productive game. So you can, I don't know that you can really say that he was, you know, a part of the problem. You know, the defensive front, you've got some young guys there. So I didn't really like that approach. But with that said, there were there are too many mistakes being made on this defense. And, you know. I talked to a couple guys after the game in the defensive backfield and I said I said what's going on here how do you how do you fix this and they keep saying oh we just got to go back and look at the film we got to look at the film and I finally got tired of hearing that and I said to one guy I said look what the heck have you been doing all this time have you been looking at the film or or what have you been doing that these mistakes are popping up are you maybe playing the way you did in college and and they just kind of looked at me and they were like well you know we we, we could study the film better. And when I hear that, that tells me that, you know, these are young guys that are still learning the finer points of their craft. Now, here's what bothers me, Ed. These younger guys have been with the team for months now, going back to May. And for them to say, we're still learning how to look at film and find the intricacies of what they see, I mean... At this point, shouldn't they be a little further along in that in that process to where maybe some of these mistakes we're seeing aren't happening as often? Oh, I agree with you, Patty, on that. And and we have to talk about the young guy who the Giants drafted in the first round. You know, they traded up to get DeAndre Baker in the first round. That looked like a good move because a lot of, you know, Baker was looked at as perhaps the best cover corner in the draft. And we all know that young cornerbacks in the NFL tend to struggle. You know, they they, they have growing pains, but it was painful. And it's been painful for two weeks now to watch DeAndre Baker because he simply looks lost out there on the field to the point where I almost feel sorry for him. I mean, I'm like, get him out of there because he's just, it's, it's, it's punishing the kid to leave him out there. I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on Baker at this point? Well, there's a couple of things with Baker. Uh, Number one, I do think right now he is in over his head. He's very overwhelmed, but you got to remember, Ed, this kid had a knee injury in the summer and he missed a lot of preseason snaps 
Now, I'm not saying necessarily that those snaps would have made a huge difference, but they might have made somewhat of a difference. And right now, you know, this kid is trying to reconcile what he's learning in the classroom with what's happening to him out there. He's seeing a lot of things for the first time. I spoke with him. Um, I was in his, his his press conference huddle after the game, as, as I think you were as well. And I basically asked him a couple of questions. I said to him, what have you learned in these last two weeks? And I also said to him, have you been playing as fast as you, you would like to be playing? And the second question, he said, no, I have it, which tells me he's still trying to learn and grasp what's going on there. And in relation to the first question I asked him, he learned, he, he mentioned how, you know, he's seeing different things that maybe he hasn't seen before. Now, I know the common solution is, oh, get him out of there, you know, he, he, he you know, he sucks, gets, get someone else in there. How's this kid going to learn if he, by sitting on the bench, you know, it's the same argument you can make with Daniel Jones. You can only learn so much by sitting on the bench and watching film and going through the practice reps and taking the quote unquote mental reps, which quite frankly, I think is a crock mental reps. I mean, it, you know, I, I don't think a player can develop just solely taking mental reps. At some point, you have to take the physical reps. So I think in the case of DeAndre Baker, I think they're just going to have to live with the growing pains. I know it's going to be rough, but you just got to hope that as the season goes on, he makes fewer and fewer mistakes. Yeah, you know, Patty, I wasn't necessarily talking about benching him and not playing him at all. I was talking about get him out of there for a series, talk to him, let him clear his head. You let him think a little bit, you know, before you put him back out there, see if he can kind of process what's happening to him. Because I, it, it's really, as he's, it's really obvious right now that he's, that he's confused out there. Yeah, he is. And, and he, you know, he didn't come right out and say it in so many words, but you know, here, here's the other thing, Ed, you know, we saw him yesterday in the game playing 10 or more yards off a receiver. When he came out of college, the scouting report on him was that he didn't have the most ideal speed in the world. And yet the guy is playing 10 or more yards off a receiver and he hasn't really played press that much, which supposedly is a, a strength of his. Now, yesterday I, I tweeted, I said, I don't understand why the Giants don't have him playing press. The couple times I know that they have had him play press he's kind of backed off a little bit he, instead of jamming the receiver or just getting physical and I just think that that's a sense that's a sign of he's not really sure what to do maybe he doesn't want to draw a penalty because you know there's that that issue where if you make contact with the receiver beyond five yards you're going to draw a flag maybe he just doesn't have a feel for it yet I don't know exactly what the problem is but I do know that benching the kid as much as people want to see that happen who are they going to put in there Antonio Hamilton you know Corey Ballantyne's another rookie I suppose you could try him there um, but look Baker is your future at that position and you're going to have to swallow the growing pains and you know if you're willing to swallow growing pains with putting daniel jones out there at quarterback over eli manning shouldn't you be willing to do the same thing for for your future cornerback i would agree patty now you know final question final thing i think that when you looked at the beginning of the season for the giants you looked at the first four games i think everybody would have accepted Two and two through four games. You look at uh, you know Tampa Bay and Washington coming up, and 
as awful as it feels and as awful as it's looked so far, you know, that is still possible for the Giants to, because neither one of, you know, neither the Buccaneers nor the Redskins are exactly juggernauts. That is still possible. When you look at this, is there anything that you've seen, you know, any, anything that that you've seen really so far to hang your hat on as far as, you know, optimism over the next few weeks? I don't know. And I mean, I, the roster is what it is. So it's not like, you know, they're going to be able to import a bunch of, you know, solutions. Um, I know last week it was made known that Minka Fitzpatrick was available via trade uh, from the Dolphins. And I know you wrote about it. I know I chimed in about it and I said I would do it, um, you know, but do you do it? At, this, at the risk of, you know, slowing down your development uh, of, of your, you know, of, of a cornerback that's going to be a future, you know, be in your future. Um, or, or, you know, and also Sam Beal, a guy who they gambled on. I mean, I, I think, you know, if you're a player away, yes, you make that trade. But uh, the Giants aren't a player away. I think we can all agree on that. But as far as the future goes... All we can hope for is is that as the coaches look at the film and under you know and see some of the deficiencies that are, are popping up, that they adjust accordingly and that they're not of the mindset that our system is foolproof and it's just the execution. I think that's where our biggest hope lies and, and that's gonna reveal itself, to be honest with you. Yes, it will, Patty. I think we all knew that that there would be growing pains with this young defense. I'm I think we all crossed our fingers that they wouldn't be quite as quite as bad as what we've seen so far. But uh, all you can do at this point is is hope that in the end the Giants are right about the uh, the decisions they've made in Baker and and Dexter Lawrence and Ryan Connolly and and Julian Love and some of the other young players they have on both sides of the ball and and, and hope that as the season goes along we see improvement from those guys. Yeah, if we don't edit, it's going to be another long year. Yes, it is. Well, Patty, thank you very much for spending a few minutes with me, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Thanks, Ed. All right, Giants fans, our thanks to Pat Trainer for spending some time with us. Next up, you're going to hear a couple of short clips, one from Coach Pat Shermer and one from cornerback DeAndre Baker, both discussing you know Baker's difficulties so far this season. Uh, Before we do that, however, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, then you'll hear those two clips. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, Andre, what are you learning about this game now that it's regular season, the speed is a lot quicker? I mean, what have you learned these last couple of weeks? Uh, every team do something different, so you know you got to just watch the film and be ready for whatever they do best. DeAndre, you're not used to having so many balls come your way. Has this been frustrating for you personally the first couple of weeks? Oh, no, no, no. I just look, look at it as an opportunity to you know, make a play. So, you know, the balls come my way, that's big for me. 
DeAndre, subconsciously, do you think you're putting a little too much pressure on yourself to go out there and be perfect? Do you feel like you're playing as fast as you could be? Uh, right now, I'm not playing as fast as I could be, but you know, I just come into preparation and you know, time and just within our room, all the guys help me get the scheme right. Yeah, come. But I don't, I don't feel like it's pressure. I don't, you know, I, I play with a lot of pressure, so I'm better at pressure than I play. How were you able to get DeAndre Baker to, to settle down after a rocky start? He played better toward the back end of the game. Yeah, well, you just got to keep talking to him. You know, this is his uh, fourth half of football in the NFL. and. Know, just got to keep talking to him. I mean, the guys did a good job of coaching him. He keeps—he's a tough guy, and he learns from every play that he's involved in, and he'll continue to learn as he goes forward. All right, couple quick thoughts on DeAndre Baker and the young Giants defense before we wrap it up here on Big Blue View Radio. Baker's a kid who obviously looks confused out there on the field right now. He's playing without much confidence. He's not playing to his strengths. I don't know if it's because he's not being lined up that way or simply because he just doesn't really understand what's happening in front of him right now. But we're not seeing him press. We're not really seeing him mirror pass routes like we were uh, anticipating that we would. I think that with Baker, with Dexter Lawrence, with a lot of these young players on defense, we're just going to have to live with some growing pains for a while. That's just how it is. You know, the Giants turned over their defense. They drafted seven defensive players. So you've got six of those made the roster. You're going to have growing pains. You've also got young players out there still, you know, second-year guys like Grant Haley, like B.J. Hill. Uh, Lorenzo Carter so you're going to have growing pains with this defense whether you uh, whether you want to or not you know all we can do at this point is hope that in their evaluations that the Giants were correct about these players and that as they grow as they gain experience they also grow in confidence and eventually become the kind of players that the Giants think that they will be and that eventually they become the core of a quality defense. You know, when it comes to Baker, I'm still optimistic about Baker. We see rookie cornerbacks struggle all the time in the NFL as they figure out what teams are doing to them. So I'm not ready to push any sort of a panic button about DeAndre Baker yet. You know, as I've said in other forums, there's a few things I'm not sure I understand about the way the Giants are using him right now, but we will see how all of that plays out. We will also see what the Giants do at quarterback this week as they get ready to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chris and Joe will be back on Tuesday with uh, another show breaking down what we saw on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. We'll be back later on this week. Hopefully we'll have someone from SB Nation's Bucks Nation on the show to uh, to help us break down what we might see on Sunday. Um, so just stay here. Keep it here at Big Blue View Radio. Check out my show. Check out the Chris and Joe show. Follow the show on, you know, or subscribe to the show on all of your favorite podcast applications. We always appreciate your support, Giants fans. Thank you much, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.